Hey humans, how's it going? Susan Ruth here. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hey Human Podcast. This is episode 113, and it is with the lovely Deb Randolph. And Deb has an extraordinary story to tell. She has experienced abduction her entire life. Uh, pretty Well, maybe not as a baby, but as far back as she can pretty much remember. And she was willing to tell her story on Hey Human. She is a well into adulthood now, and uh, the experiences continue still. What really struck me about Deb when I met her the first time was her openness, her kindness. Uh, she radiates a warmth uh, that is undeniable, and it really drew me in, and uh, her story truly drew me in. Um, so yeah, it was exciting to get her on the program to talk uh, with me about everything that she has seen and heard and felt. I grew up very interested in these kinds of things, the idea of aliens and UFOs and and all that. Uh, grew up in a house obsessed with science fiction. And uh, I remember reading a book by Whitley Strieber called Communion that scared the living daylights out of me. Uh, that seems to be more on the negative side of the stories that are told about alien contact. I don't know whether or not it's a real thing. I think it's certainly very real for the people that experience it. I myself have had some pretty inexplicable experiences. I have seen a UFO. No other word to describe it other than an unidentified flying object. It behaved differently than how any normal, logical, sensical craft should behave. And there was a few of them actually in my experience. Uh, so... Do I believe that there is life on other planets? 100%, I believe that. Uh, do I believe that they have made contact here on this planet? You know what? Most of the time, I actually do believe that, other than the fact that sometimes I think, why in the world would they waste their time with little pesky humans? I don't know. But it seems like story after story after story is familiar to itself. And in fact, I have to say that Deb told a couple stories and after we were done with the interview, she and I continued to talk and <laughs> there were a couple of things that she said during our conversation for the podcast where my mind was being blown because I was thinking, oh my God, I've seen that or I've experienced that myself. It's very, very interesting. So I, I very much enjoyed the conversation. What a... What a lucky me I am. As far as uh, the Hey Human stuff, you know, if you are a uh, regular listener, you know the drill. Uh, all the social medias, Hey Human Podcast, and of course, uh, HeyHumanPodcast.com. Lots of links on the link page. Uh, there's a storefront now, and there's a Hey Human poster that's super cool, and all that stuff helps support Hey Human, along with the Amazon portal that is on the main page of the website. Rate, review, subscribe, uh, do all the things. Spread the word. I appreciate it. All right, here we go. Deb Randolph, Hey Human Podcast. The truth is out there. <laughs> Hello, Deb Randolph. Welcome to Hey Human. 
Hi, how are you doing today, Susan? I'm doing well. Great. I'm Great. so glad you're here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, um, I learned about you uh, from the Fortune Telly show. That, right, right. That Susie, is it Care does? Is that her last Kirk, Kerr, Kerr, right. Kerr. Yeah. yeah. She's a kick. Yeah, she's a um, cool. And that particular panel was talking all about aliens, UFOs, and and abductions, right? And you started to tell your story, and uh, I was like, "Oh my gosh, I would love to have you on the show!" And here thank you are. Thank you, thank so, you so much. Thanks for your yeah, time. I haven't, I haven't publicly shared it at all until oh. that fortune telly show. Really? I've um, shared different things with well, one of my brothers, my younger brother, shared in some of the experiences with me. Okay. Um, so he and I have talked about it, and then really, I had a block of most of my childhood and adolescence till 13 14 where memories I have of anything I'm not sure if they're memories or what family has implanted into my head as don't you remember when so I've adopted so there was a block of time that I always wondered about mm. um, and it wasn't until say I believe it was in 1979 I was living here in the Nashville area and I even want to say it was a weeknight and I'd gone over to have dinner with a, a friend of mine, a girlfriend of mine. Uh, the guy I was dating was out of town. Her husband was out of town. So we're, let's get together for chili slaw dogs. So we did, and it was a warm night. I don't. It was like probably late summer, something like that. Don't remember exactly. Um, we had not been drinking. Those were the weed smoking days. We had not. <laughs> we had not been doing anything that day whatsoever. Both fully employed, functioning young ladies. And I was just a young adult, but we'd finished dinner, and I was going to clear while she went out to outside to feed her two golden retrievers. She came in a few minutes later, probably two, no, it doesn't take long, saying nothing and just motioning me to come with her. So went through the door to the garage to the outside, and she pointed, and we looked up, and there it was. There was no denying it was as though there were large trees in the backyard. I can still envision it. And you, we looked up, and there was this big object with flashing lights. It was clearly a UFO. You, I mean, there's nothing else it could be. It wasn't a distant object where your mind plays tricks and, oh, it's a weather balloon or this. We, neither one said a word, mm -hmm. just stared up. And then it was gone. It, there was no motion flying away. No, it was just gone. Was there sound? No sound. It was just and how just, large, just for perspective. It, well, if let's say if you stepped outside and you had two large oak trees, for example, mm -hmm. very old, mature trees, so they're like their greenery would start what about twenty feet up and it reach above. It was as though it was sitting right on top of those old, old trees. It encompassed the entire visuals field. So pretty large, really. So, oh, oh yeah, huge. Yeah. So you know, we said nothing. We got back inside. And just looked at each other for a minute, and she said, "Few explicit, explicit little words were exchanged. I won't deny that. We didn't know what to do. We were at a loss. I mean, we were just young teen. I want to say I might have been twenty at the time. I'm not sure, but very young. Mm -hmm. And we we had no clue what to do. And I said, "Well, do we call the police? We looked at each other. No, they'll just think we're a couple crazies." They'll do, what oh, could think they, you're on the pot. Yeah, or what? Or what, <laughs> could, what are they going to do? Right. And then we figured, we so logically we knew there's nothing they're going to do. So we sat there a couple more minutes, and she's, I'm gonna call my parents. 
I said, okay. He says, you know, at the worst, they'll think that we've been partying and it'll be done. Family's safe. She called her family, her mom and dad, and talked to her mom for a second, then got her dad on the phone. I believe is how it works. That's irrelevant. But he said, that's the oddest thing. He said, now, have you called anyone? She's, no, we thought about the police. He was, don't bother. He said, you know, we just talked to your sister about 15 minutes ago. She saw the same thing. Her sister, at that point in time, lived in Atlanta. So about 15 minutes prior to what we saw, she saw it. Um, and which, that's three and a half hours by driving from here. Yeah, right, so. right. Which would make sense, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, That's what, 40 minutes by plane, 30 minutes by plane? And yeah, you know, 15 minutes by UFO yeah. makes yeah. <laughs> logical sense for me. That's why well, I need to get to Seattle next month. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so even, even if it was a different one, the mm. fact that it happened so close together mm. with two blood sisters. Mm-hmm. That is really fascinating. How could you deny yeah. something odd happened? Sure. That was when something clicked in me that I knew it wasn't the first time. Um, a few years later, I had moved down to Birmingham, Alabama, and I decided I'm going to go see a shrink about my lost years. I thought, why not? I need to. I want to know why I had blocks of time. And what year was this? Um, when I went to see the shrink, mm-hmm. that was probably in the early '80s, okay. early '80s, something like that. We had two sessions. He did um, the second session. He did a, a hypnotic session. Um, had. A, Co- cohort, co colleague with him. I guess the whole doctor patient, don't be alone. You put somebody under for anything. Um, and I came out from under. He said, Do you remember anything? I said, I remember. All I remember is when my younger brother was born, they brought him home from the hospital, opening the door, and me wanting to take him because I thought he was going to be my baby. I said, That's all I remember from our session. He goes, Okay, well, let me tell you, we don't need to see each other anymore. There's nothing wrong with you. And things will just start coming back to you in time. You might see something in a, in a when you're shopping. Something may happen here and there that memories will just start coming back to you. He cut me off. So I, I thought, okay. That's interesting. He I just, wonder, he, so he didn't say, all right, you you said this, that, or the other. He just... He shared nothing. And his colleague was gone. His colleague had left by the time he spoke to me about it. Huh. I remember the colleague coming in the room. Mm-hmm. Um I didn't know that I would be able to be hypnotized, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. I thought, well, give it a whirl, what the heck. Was the colleague there by the time you came out of the trance? Um, yeah, he was walking out the door as I started Coming through. getting my balance back. That's interesting also, in a weird way. That yeah. seems odd, but anyway. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. Um, but he was right. Things did start coming back to me. I always had confusion um, about my intuitive gifts and my encounters to the point that even just several years ago I was asking people, so is there a difference in aliens and angels? Mm. Is there?" And they go, well, well, I think so. I've had long conversations with my younger brother who, as I said, I believe experienced the childhood things with me. Unfortunately for him, his memory is very clear. Um, he doesn't have blocked out memories and it's messed him up. Um, were completely different. Um, his emotional balance um, is one that sort of comes and goes at times. He's chosen 
made some choices that are not the healthiest. We'll just leave it at that. It's his business. Does he have but, PTSD, do you think, from... Um, I, I think he does. I think he also probably has uh, depression, mm-hmm. um, various things. and From this these experiences or just in general? I, I think that the experiences, because his memory um, was so vivid uh, and he f- still to this day views them as painful, negative-type experiences, though I've tried to talk to him about it from a different point of view, and, and I've tried to do some energy healing on him and things like that, he's got it set in his head that it was cool, but it was weird, and it's painful, and they still come to me, and I don't, he doesn't, it's, doesn't like them. It's still active in his life. Right, right. Well, it, it, it is in mine as well, yeah. but, you know, for me... Before you say what you're about sure. to say, I want to. Yeah. This is really interesting to me because when I saw you at that lecture or mm-hmm. at that whatever you call it, that group or whatever, mm-hmm. um, there was another person on stage, a man, right? And his experience, like your brother, was really, I would say, dark and negative, mm. and he's very angry and right. and all that. And yours was very, you know, you seemed very joyful and lovely about it. You were fine with it and much more on the light side of things, right? And I went to both of your Facebook pages. And I noticed that you were very, on your Facebook, you're very welcoming and loving and open and very, you know, all all people, whatever. You know what I mean? And right, then I right. went to his, and it was uh, not that way. It was the opposite. It was kind of hateful, and there was sort of some racism See, there. Yeah, and, and I said, I've not, I've not looked at his Facebook yeah, page. Yeah, and, and I'm not going to no, mention no real, his no, name. No real reason why I haven't. Yeah, I just, but I thought, I thought well, that's really fascinating that somebody that's sort of already... Is is it one feeding into the other? Is it that that you know? Do you know what I mean? It's very fascinating. I keep saying fascinating, but I don't know what other well, word no, is. and I can understand that because I know when he and I were talking before the program had started, um, I think it ruffled his feathers a bit um, because I told him that I had I, I did not have negative feelings about it, um, even though. I believe that when it started, I, I had no say-so because I was so young. Mm. Um, but he said, well, then you're not a, quote, abductee. And he used some other word for it um, as though his experience had been more real than any of mine. Mm. Or Anyway, I, I sort of got the the feeling that he didn't think we were like in the same club. I'll just put it that way. Mm-hmm. But for me, um, I just... When I was younger, I always felt the need to take care of my younger brother. From the time, like I said, when he was born. He was sure. four years younger than I was. I had two older brothers, you know, sibling type stuff going on. But I always was very protective of my younger brother. So even to the point when we were very young, um, we slept in the same bed. And I remember uh, one thing I have come back to me is I was afraid to go to sleep. To as the a point child. As a child. Um, even in high school, once I do have memories, it was, I'd go to sleep and I didn't know if I'd wake up. I don't know. I never quite knew what I was afraid of. I just knew going to sleep was not something I wanted to do. So I would just lay in bed and my dad taught me as a young girl, if you just relax, relaxation, if you can't sleep is very healthy and will at least help if you just lay here and relax. I think he knew I'd eventually fall asleep, but I believe because my younger brother and I did, you know, share that bed as little ones that he also was taken when I was taken. But as memories have come to me, I remember 
they would tell me something wasn't going to hurt. And I tell it was all a mental exchange. It was not like you and I sitting here speaking. And they, were, so, they were telepathic. Right. And I had no reason not to believe them. Mm-hmm. My parents, I had to... It seems that I knew my parents knew this was happening. I don't see how they could because the bedroom was right next to theirs. I'm sure that I said things at different points in time. Um, my brother... Said rem- things to your parents? Yeah, about what had happened. I mean, sure. every child does. My brother also reminded me, I used to think it was a recurring dream. Um, where we lived and where we grew up as children used to be a very underdeveloped. It was um, quite the suburbia rural area outside of Knoxville on the end close to Oak Ridge Labs. Mm-hmm. Um, when we were all very young in the 60s is when um, I used to... I thought it was like I was seeing fire coming above the horizon. My younger brother has since reminded me, he said, that was when some of the ships were there. And that we many times could go out in the backyard and we'd see just dozens of ships flying in the direction going towards Oak Ridge. Which, by the way, for those listening who don't know, Oak Ridge is a nuclear facility uh, in Tennessee. And I find that intriguing because a lot of the reports of UFO activity tends to be around military bases, especially nuclear uh, nuclear reactors, uh, even volcanoes. Um, and so that's really interesting to me. There's very little that you can find Googling or anything else about Oak Ridge Labs. Um, but I've tried to because I'm trying to find out um, if anyone's admitting to the connection. But apparently President Eisenhower... When he was president, I want to say in the 50s, I'm not great on history, he was supposedly the first president who, at least anyone knew, had meetings with extraterrestrials. Um, and that was, I can't remember what the experiments that were done at Oak Ridge Labs, but... My dad went was a, was studied there, Oh yeah. by the way. Yeah. He had a fellowship there. And it was one of those things. They built for the Second World War. Um, but a lot of stuff went on that no one knew about. Thousands of people that worked there, but it was all very hush. And they say that President Eisenhower um, even disappeared for a couple of days. And you know, they made up stories, what have you. But later on, people who were close to him and close to the situation before they died came out and said, well, yeah, he had meetings. There was supposed to be a treaty um, where it was an agreement that if they shared technology that we'd let them... It's kind of like, here's the head count of who you can abduct, um, and as long as you don't ex- you know, ex- extend beyond that, then we'll be cool with this treaty. So there's a mix of information out there, but uh, the connection to Oak Ridge Labs was clear. Um, and not unusually, I believe it was at that time called Lockheed, it was Boeing Aircraft Lockheed, sure. was located out in Marietta, Georgia, north of Atlanta. I had an uncle interestingly enough, that worked there. And the trajectory of that path would have been from Lockheed up towards Oak Ridge, uh, which made sense. Um, You think about Area 57, all the various things that have come to light, as well as what the Freedom of Information has allowed some people to access. So over time, and especially in the last decade or so, so much more information has come out that all these little things um, and things that I have been able to recall through the dream state 
and I would bring things up to my brother and we both do it in ways that we we don't just say, hey, do you remember? We'll sort of uh, seed one another with, do you ever think that, so neither one of us claim memories, but as far as that way, we for, there's something about the way we communicate. We know not to, we're not going to plant something in each other's head. So I'll mention something and he'll go, oh my God, don't you remember? And, or he'll mention something and I'll say, well, to me it sounds like, so that we share things without you know sometimes you say things to people and they want to adopt it Mm -hmm. so we know we're not adopting one another's stories because because the brain is you can implant right they've done all sorts of tests with that that the brain is implantable with new memories that seem very real right yeah and i have a degree in psychology Mm -hmm. and plus with my whole thing about i want my memories to be mine Mm -hmm. since i had that whole you know, early life block out, mm-hmm. which a lot of it's still nothing for me. Um, as far as just day-to-day events and things like that, I'll get a burst here and there, things like that. But, but you know that uh, they say that's common in child abuse. Yes, it is. And and we didn't, we weren't raised in a happy, happy home, which is one of the reasons I majored in psychology. I wanted to understand um, my home life. Um, but all that being said, those things, I left home on my 18th birthday. Um, that's when I started exploring different religions and philosophies on my own mm-hmm. uh, because the standard Christian dogma clearly wasn't working um, for me. And there were just, I had too many questions about things. Um, but by the time I was 18, I'd already come to understand that what went on in that household was not who I had to be. So it was... You know, I feel like I got away, as they say, um, with, and and I'd been such the adult. I would be the liaison between my parents when things were hairy between them for some reason. Mm. Um, My oldest brother had a very, he was in a coma for several months when he was 10 years old. Um, I had apparently made a comment the day he got sick. We were just home playing, and I made a comment to my, my mom about it being in his head and was basically told to go away because I felt she was at now I believe I'd come to understand she probably thought I was calling him crazy but he had had a brain hemorrhage so there were things about me as a child that I'm sure weren't easy to handle in other words you said it's all it's in his head as in you had a, a intuitive um, like right. medical intuitive notion that that something was going on in his brain right. before they did before right they knew. yeah before he went to the coma it was when it first started and my mother was an RN um so I'm sure it just sort of it I'm sure it didn't sit well it unnerved I can't her. imagine sure as for you know her her eldest son sitting here puking up his guts and his head's and she has no clue and then he falls asleep and doesn't wake up um so Fortunately, he did. Um, to this day, he's thriving and, and very healthy. But you know, at that point in time, there were no medical options. He was either going to come out of it or he wasn't. And when he did, he had to relearn everything. To walk, talk, entered, uh, went to the coma left-handed, now he's right-handed. You know, everything about him changed, even physically changed. So, you know, the way the mechanisms my parents had for coping with things was what a lot of people did at that point in time. Um, a lot of children today would have been taken from their parents for the beatings and things like that that were standard at that point in time. So 
I don't, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, it's, yeah. it's, and, and it's okay. Um, they did the best they could with what they had to work with. Um, but as I said, that is not something that, you know, as for, you know, my brother possibly, yes, he was in the home longer than I was. Um, Your younger brother? Yeah, my younger brother. Um, my two older brothers, you'd think we were raised in different homes. Well, did they have any experiences uh, the way you and your younger brother did? Not exactly. My younger brother had told me that one of them at one point in time accidentally admitted about seeing the ships in the sky. But they, they, they're they the type, they don't talk about stuff. Uh, the way we were raised was what happens in the home stays in the home. They have lived their life that way. That's what they've chosen to do. That's mm-hmm. their thing. Mm-hmm. Um, me, on the other hand, I'm all about open up because you're not alone um, in any of it. I'm a big so, fan of being open myself. Yeah. So yeah. hopping back to sure. the to the night that you and your, your friend saw the ship mm-hmm. and that her sister also saw a ship, had, did you two then talk about whether or not that ad, that experience continued on in her life? Did Have you stayed in touch with her? Yeah, Do you know odd, she... no, oddly enough, that was probably less than six months um, before I moved to Birmingham. Mm. But she and I were more friends because our guys were friends type thing. Mm. Um, so no, I, I don't know what's happened to her. I don't know if she's had more experiences. I did continue to have experiences once I was in Birmingham. Um, also my intuitive gifts and healing gifts, things like that, were expanding. Um, I was starting to, I could focus on something and watch people morph in front of my eyes and um, the the funny thing about the aliens though was I'd gone to see a movie that was a strip shopping center and so parking lots you know pretty well there and we come out of the movie and it was one of those parking lots where the um, parking spaces were not straight and parallel everything was angled so you'd have angles down one row, then the angles down the next row would not quite, you know, you couldn't slide from one parking space to another, mm. technically. If you backed up and went straight back, you wouldn't hit another's parking space, right? Um, bunch of us come out of the movie. It was an afternoon, a weekend afternoon, and a lot of people's cars were not where they'd left them. So you see people walking around the parking lot, going, I parked there, but now my car's over there. And cars had been shifted, vehicles, trucks, whatever, had all been shifted. But even if someone had come and undone the brakes and let them slide to another spot, they were not where they were over. They were rows and spaces. What do you think that's about? Somebody had a little realignment thing. It was it was one of those things. Um, I even I was even one of the ones who went and started asking shop owners what's been going on out here. I'm like, we don't know nothing as far as. Nothing's been happening. I said, but people's cars. I said, yeah, we know. Somebody came in here and asked us about that. One of those things that, you know, the, the way I look at it, it's not a matter now of less occurring um, as it did in the past. It's more now, I don't know if more people expect things to not be as straightforward um, but back then, it was like, you put your car somewhere, that's where you expect it to be. Why do you think that happened, though? What is the... I, I, it was one of those things that it was so so shortly after seeing the UFO 
that I felt it was it was just an alien, just alien thing. You know, yeah. they were uh, playing around with the energy and huh. and and things like and that. They wrote the grid down wrong. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, it's one of those things, that, and that's what I think a lot of people don't understand is even aliens make mistakes. Well, and they have a sense of humor too. Yeah. Um, they're not all, you know, just as here on Earth with humans. There are people who are very positive and people who are very negative, and then there's the in between. Mm-hmm. So, how would not other life in the universe also have some who have better intentions than others? Um, it is an interesting point that we think, I think, on mass as uh, beings from other worlds. If you believe in that, that they would have, they would be above that, you know, right. somehow, and that they wouldn't be like us, but. What's interesting about that, and even us, is like there's about what twenty two super Earths or something to that effect that they know about. Right. And so, why would they not sort of behave the way we behave? Well, and and I think it's it's one of those. It's rather it's an it, humans are so ego driven that the thought of anyone, anything, there being other beings who have any intellectual capacity, let alone beyond our intellectual, technological, scientific capacity. Could just simply couldn't exist. Mm. Um, it, it doesn't fly in the face of organized religion. You might have to open your book a little wider, right? Expand Although your there are brain. a couple, I've read the Bible a handful of times, and uh, and there are little moments I think that seems like they're referring to other beings. Even in Genesis, yeah. there's this moment where God has this aside. Who's he talking to? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's just like this. There's a couple. There's these moments where I think. Hmm. Yeah, there there are things about. I'll share one with you, and this is one that I don't think anyone's just come right out and said it because, especially shows like Ancient Aliens and and things like that, they push those boundaries. They bring up a lot of questions that people have about things, but they dance that fine line, probably because they have to. But for example, uh. Jesus was born from a mother who had never had sex. Okay, so I understand it, and I'm not trying, I'm not downplaying anyone's belief. Of course not. So God got her pregnant. Okay. Although in Hebrew, the, the translation of virgin, virgin is actually young, young girl. Young, young girl. But, so the language is a little skewy. There, well, but, we, but had, anyway. we had that issue with it as well. Yeah, sure. Um, but... For all intent and purposes, it seems to be the general belief that Mary had never had sex right. before she got pregnant. Right. Just point blank. Right. According but yet to the, she, um, the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. But she got pregnant mm-hmm. because it was a divine intervention. intervention and th- Well, if we look into more current times and we think about the fact that there have been people and uh, who say that Part of the aliens, certain aliens' agenda is to implant uh, fetuses and to breed hybrid type, you know, people, so to speak. Then you take that back historically to how people viewed things mm. um, way back when. And and truthfully, I'm basing some of this also. Um, part of my spiritual practices to journey mm-hmm. um, which is to sort of go into a trance-like state and go where your mind takes you where your guides lead you mm-hmm. one time they led it led me to see Jesus now my first thought is and I asked why you I mean why me and you because it's not like you and I have a close relationship I mean I, I respect and appreciate 
you as a person, and I know you did wondrous things when you were here, but it's not like I'm in church every week. And the response was, why not you? I said, well, this is true, too. I'm as human as the next person. God I was, said that to Moses when Moses said, why me? Yeah. God said, well, why not you? Why not? I mean, you have a good heart. You care about people. You're all those things that Christians are supposed to be as far as the kind of person. And just to spare all the, the visual experience and stuff like that, what it came down to was I received a message that, for your consideration, what if Jesus were a prototype? What if the gods that some people looked at back then were from other places? And what if they had implanted to create the first alien-human hybrid? Say, what if Jesus was 50-50 and he was a prototype of sorts? It would explain his extremely wonderful gifts of healing, of insight, of intuition. Um, Of course, keep it in mind, the Bible always said, He didn't do anything the rest of us couldn't do if we allowed ourselves. Now, that, I believe, is a given um, in the Christian belief system. If not, I apologize. But by the same token, the message I received was the timing was bad because people either hated him and feared him or they loved him and worshipped him, and no one saw that he was there to be an example of what everyone should truly strive to be. And that's why his time was short-lived. That's why his demise was not quite what he thought it was going to be. Um, but that's just a thought that I have not heard point blank put out there. It's interesting. It doesn't diminish mm-hmm. what he did. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't diminish the goodness of him. or mm-hmm. by any. But it does, for me, somewhat explain why they, you know, it could be the timing was off because people's abilities to grasp that he was there to teach them that they could learn to be and that it could have been an advancement of our human you know humankind population you're making me think mr rogers is a hybrid <laughs> maybe i mean i believe that i, I watched the the documentary that yeah. just came out i want you to be my neighbor and oh, wow. it's excellent um but it's funny somebody in the movie no no spoiler alerts or anything but someone in the movie uh refers to him as a sec as a as christ-like Christ, he certainly because, embodied Christ consciousness because of his and peaceful, caring, totally. loving nature and everything he was about. And mm-hmm. when I was in the beginning of the film, as I'm watching, I thought, "My God, he's like Jesus." The whole time I'm thinking that, and then somebody in the movie actually says, "It's his oh son wow, actually they actually that. refer to him being Christ-like in in their own way." But his son says, "You know, it's kind of intense having a father who's Christ, who's like the second God wow." Um, It's amazing because one of the things that I I put out there a few years back, actually as a Facebook post, was how would you feel if you learned that you're descended from aliens? Um, I'm fine with it. And and that's the thing. And again, the jury's out for me. I don't know if it is, isn't. It seems to me that if we exist, then 100% absolutely other on other... In other places, other uh, other people exist, or things, or creatures, sure. or whatever they are, however they've evolved. Um, in my own personal belief system, and I don't expect anyone to believe me or not believe me, it doesn't really matter to me. Right. Um, and I won't ever know for sure or not, but uh, it seems logical that if it is possible for them to get to us, 
I, first of all, I'm like, why bother? We're not that interesting. But secondly, if they are scientists or philosophers or whatever, and they had an opportunity, I know if I had the opportunity to leave this planet and go to others, I would do it in a heartbeat. Well, to explore and Absolutely. learn and, and so the, the curiosity and the adventure. Yeah, the logic side of me, it makes total sense. My father and I have this discussion quite a bit, actually. And uh, he's like, well, it's just, it's an impossibility because we can't bend time and, you know, wormholes and blah, blah, I said, we can't. That is true. We can't. But who's to say? The fact that we can even conceive of it. Yeah. Doesn't that, I mean, isn't that where some of the greatest inventions and discoveries of all time Absolutely. Theoretical physicists are, are awesome because right. of what they conceive. And Poets, philosophers, yeah, all of it. Those who write the truly good scientific Scripts. Ray Bradbury, yeah. Isaac Asimov. Oh yeah. I mean, where did they get their ideas? Well, and and now there's a, a whole new resurgence about Tesla documentary type of show about discovering the missing cases where Tesla had put his information, which is a whole other thing. Um, he got tired of people stealing his ideas, I think. Well, yeah, you know, and and now away. and now they're curious if maybe he wasn't actually working for the government, but it couldn't be known, so they called him a whack job. Um, so. But, you know, and people like Einstein, who've even, who even commented, uh, made statements about people looking inward and expanding their system beyond their consciousness and things like that, that mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of the... And, of course, so many geniuses in the past were called whack, whack jobs. Sure. They've theorized now that they've at least figured out, what, 14, 15... So I don't know how many they're up to now, dimensions. Yeah. What's what's existing there? Yeah, I, I think that... It's mind-blowing. It's, it's really... It, well, and you can. You could worry yourself wild with it all. But the to me, the, the amazing part is, it's sort of like, if we can think it, if we can really... You know, rational caps, first of all, you, you, you take an idea that seems very irrational, mm. but then start putting your rational thoughts into it about, mm. like we were talking about, bending time mm. and wormholes, and that's the creative process. Mm. I that, dropped a lot of acid in high school, too, so I feel like my brain maybe goes to places that... Well, and, and maybe I, I don't know if that's a prereq, but it's well, I discovered some pretty intense things about my own mind in those well, moments. You know, it is very common, and you know, shamans, um, which although I do have shamanic practices, I'm not an actual shaman because I think that's a label that very few should ever take on. Um, part of their practice, uh, and part of the American Indian practice was to use psychedelic, hallucinogenic, whatever you want to call it, methodologies in order to open their mind space a little bit. I think the whole concept is you let go of the inhibitions, you let go of what you've been conditioned. You look to, beyond the, the door. Yeah, you look beyond the obvious, beyond what's right in front of your face, and consider the possibilities. Mm. So, I find but, it curious, too, that... So many, especially we're religious, and I get it. Uh, if if in fact there are beings other places, it puts the religious paradigm on its ear, and that's an issue, right? That's yeah. a, that's I think that's one of the biggest issues. But I think it's so fascinating. Again, me with I need a thesaurus because all I say on this show is fascinating, and interesting. <laughs> but uh, that that here there are so many who believe in the concept of a soul that is unseeable, mm-hmm. unknowable, untouchable untastable, unsmellable, all those things, and yet 
that makes sense to people, mm-hmm. but all these other things don't, which I'm like, really? That's, see, I may not to each their own 100%. Uh, I know, None I of agree. us know until we drop dead and either we're, we are actually just worm food or we are an expansive being of all, you know, which I like to believe personally. So, so many people are just, uh, they're, they're afraid. And, and I'm like you, sure. I respect anything that you choose as your belief system as you hurt people as long as you well, your main core of sense of belief is to be good to others golden rule the golden rule and that everyone deserves a chance and that there's you know the prime directive the, exactly all of these things and see and that's what it, it, it permeates mm-hmm. all systems of belief all philosophies and religions all share that one thing that one humane effort Mm-hmm. That everyone's supposed to. So whatever you want to code it with, whatever rules, why, though, do any of them say, but don't think for yourself? Mm-hmm. Don't question. Which is the opposite of what actually God wanted. Otherwise, exactly. Otherwise, have given you free will. You meaning the royal you. Yeah. Why do we have free will and choice if it's not to decide and, and explore options and, and yeah. thoughts of that nature? So... By the same token, I'm not sure which Pope it was, because as I said, I have a general knowledge. I've done a lot of reading, and it all sort of melded into my own system of belief. But years ago, there was a Pope who made a statement that if there are beings in other places other than on Earth, it still does not basically rip up the idea of a God. I think Francis may have said that, and then our current... I think our current Pope has talked about that. Yeah. And so you've got major religious leaders who are open to the idea, who say, hey, look, it doesn't have to tear down your system of belief. Mm-hmm. But who says God didn't create others also? I mean, that's... Yes, it is. That's my other argument is if you believe in an omnipotent being, why then do you limit that th- omnipotent being? I think too many people um, view God or whatever label they care to choose as one of us as far as physical what, embodiment. We because then we can wrap our Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, yeah. big bearded man sitting on the clouds type mm-hmm. image that we're used to be in all the little children's church books and yeah. church stories and stuff like Bring that. Bring Jordans. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean. <laughs> so, the kind, so if you think instead of, of God as this energy and this source of everything... And energy, we're all, and scientifically proven, we're all composed of energy that has been put into a physical form. Mm-hmm. Stardust, no less. Yeah. And it's you a beautiful made, you thought. You are made up of things that have been around for, for Eons and eons. Yeah. <laughs> and, and made up of the same stuff. And it wouldn't matter if we had different colored skin. It wouldn't matter if we spoke different languages. Tribalism is very strong. It really that the identity through tribalism. I talk about it all the time on this podcast. It's, it it makes people very comforted, and you know, and, and you know, and I admit, I you know, when I finally, you know, being a southerner, um, these topics, uh, as far as open your religious mind a little further, aliens existing, visit visitation going with them, things like that. That wasn't something we talked about a lot. And it was 15 years ago or so when I said, when I was telling people, I said, you wait and see. In 10 years, 
I'm not going to, I will be able to put people on my table for energy healing. I'll be able to do readings for people with my tarot cards and not have to do it behind closed doors. In secret. In secret and for fear of my job, my, you know, my daughter being ridiculed or this, that, the other thing. Sure enough, within 10 years, I found me a tribe of people just as crazy as myself. And that, I think it's a beautiful thing. Um, because we all want to know we're not a wax job, you know, that if we are, someone else is just as crazy as us, mm-hmm. if, and even to put on that level. Mm-hmm. Um, so it took me a lot of soul searching and exploration and, and things of that nature because I've, as a younger woman, I questioned my own sanity. Well, and it's funny because I have some friends who, when I talk about things that I believe in and they talk about things they believe in, they immediately say, oh, that's that's the devil's work. And, I'm, and I find that really intriguing. And only that in order to enslave a person, you let them know that their gifts and their connection to all things is limited and that if by chance they've somehow tapped into all things, that they are on the side of evil. Because otherwise they may not need you anymore, right? Oh, precisely. And if they don't, if you're the head of a religion, any religion, and suddenly you're the people who have been following you get that they are too, they are also made up of all, mm-hmm. then they don't need you anymore, then then where does that put you? So it, it does, certainly the ramifications of, of people in power making sure that the common, quote, person, the everyman, doesn't catch on. To, and it's I mean, true. what is, you know, Christ ran around saying, like, y'all have, uh, you gotta do all of this stuff. Well, and, and that's the thing, too, is for it to get to that point of the, being more of a shared yeah. thing as I opposed to a, I said say Jesus, he wasn't Christ yet yes. when he ran around saying all that. As, as opposed to people saying, do as I'm told, as I tell you, and dominating, um, for them to have to take a position of, I will share my knowledge with you because I've experienced this, which you haven't. And maybe you'll share with me what you've experienced, which I haven't. And how dare it be that we all actually grow together. Right. Because that goes against so much of the organization of, of which religion, politics, everything. It is unfortunate. Um, it's, again, back to the golden rule. Hurting people Precisely. seem like a very good plan of and, action. Yeah, but, and, and that, was my, that was my whole experience that we were talking about, the difference that views that people take on having experiences with extraterrestrials, mine, they've helped me um, through my life. I've had, you know, I've had near-death experiences. Um, I've had terrible ailments. I've had things happen to me I should not have recovered from. Um, I've had insights that I don't know where they came from, and that's why I started having those questions about, Angels and aliens, is there a difference? Um, so, confessing my full whack job, the <laughs> council I call on when I channel and I read for people and things like that, I'm a mouthpiece. Yeah. Um, I don't have a, a world's breadth of knowledge. My council's comprised of angels and aliens. So, yes, some of them have never taken a physical form, the angels. Some of them have. And have just been around, their souls have been around and been on many different geographic locations. And those would be what I would call my aliens, just because it's A and A. But, you know, they're otherworldly beings. Mm-hmm. Um, Your face is very, you have a face that is reminiscent of 
the sort of stereotypical, you know, it's sort of long, if your eyes are the, they're shaped very alien-esque. And it, I find that intriguing as well. Have you ever gotten that before? Especially when you smile. There's something about when you're smiling that you're reminiscent of, of images I've seen that people have reported beings looking like. So that's kind of trippy to me. It's funny because uh, I've had in different lightings, um, gosh, there was a guy I dated years ago that we'd been dating for a month or two. And finally one night at dinner, he said, why do your eyes look different at different times? I said, was it maybe the eye makeup I used? He goes, no. He said, something about your eyes, they change. Um, when I was in high school, um, I, I was a regular church attendee, and one of the we were at a camp, and one of the adults of the youth group said, you know, you're a chameleon. Said, you, you, your look changes. And I said, yeah, well, it's just... I have a, uh, I said, I, I have no answers. I, I am who I am. I have, which makeup helps and keeping my neck and face out of the sun. I have a pigmentation on the sides of my neck and my upper back, which I've had as long as I can remember. Um, doctors tried to say it was that uh, that thing that Michael Jackson had. Yeah. Um, uh, you know what I'm talking about. Vertigually. You know what I'm talking about. The pigmentation. Yeah. I was um, going to say impetigo, but that's wrong. <laughs> no, that's, 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 an inf- that's an infection. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I don't but, know you know, the, the different uh, yeah. lighter, darker pigmentation. Yeah, um, there's lose, also there's, there's also, there's also a, fu- a fungus that heat and sun causes, and mm. you get the, but you can fix that. Well, years, uh, a few dec a couple of decades ago, something like that. I went to dermatologist again because things had advanced. They took a biopsy. Um, they did all the testing they could and finally came back and says, well, we don't have a name for it. I used to in my 20s tell people, oh, that's just my alien remnants. They, we didn't talk about stuff. It was a joke. Um, so, yeah, it was almost like I had some sort of little reptilian type thing there. Now, oh, God, the reptilians are bad, but I don't know. But it's just one of those things. I, I don't know. I've always I've had a... Uh, a versatile appearance, I suppose. Um, For to... me, it's your eyes. Huh. It's really about your eyes. Interesting. Really. So let's go back a little bit. Sure. What is the first thing you remember uh, having experience with them? <clears throat> well, the f- not 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 counting the the. the well, I was say that was the first. I mean, actual, conscious at that moment. I mean, experience. contact. Oh, contact. Um, gosh, what age? Probably. I'm trying to do the math. I want to say seven or eight. And what happened? Um, it, it was just one of those things where children who were a little bit different um, that they took us um, to find out why we were a little bit different. I was one of those great in school type little girls. Um, anything below an A was not acceptable. I didn't have to study. It just happened. Um, that's when I took up music. My parents would give her something to do uh, type thing. So uh, children who were considered, quote, gifted. Um, By the other beings? Well. Or in general? In general. In yeah. general. The schools, you know, if the schools had designated, um, we might let her skip a grade or, you know, different things. Or for some reason... She gets around other kids and their tummies don't hurt anymore. Just different little oddities about a kid. 
Um, so it was, looking back on it, it was probably had to do with some of that governmental um, agreement type stuff. I don't know. But they decided to, you know, take some of us as children to study us, um, but also to help us. There's, there is a certain, a lot of people think a childhood of abnormality is, is a curse. But for some of us, not having the standard way of, of being raised and having different encounters, because of that, we weren't as quickly removed from our source as some people are. Um, okay, you know how babies, when they're, when they're born, they're still so in touch with source, their happiness is their goal, uh, just, they're just bundles of beautiful energy. As we develop, we get tainted. We turn um, into assholes. So yeah, we're told, oh, that some bitch over there, don't believe them. Oh, that color, that person's skin over there, that right. means they're dirty. Yeah, yeah. All this crap we're fed, fear. Yeah, sure, we're taught sure. fear. We're taught limits, yeah. um, things of that nature. I think more more children who are um, in situations where their safe place is to pull away from the world's reality, so to speak, have the ability, without even knowing it, they're staying more connected to their original source. Because that's where they're safe. And children with imaginary friends, um, children who, for some reason, can entertain themselves without adult input, stuff like that, um, those were the kinds of kids that they wanted. Um, it was, you know, it's an exploratory time. They, you know, they... We've all been in existence for so long, extraterrestrial beings, us as well, that of course they've come at different points in time to watch, develop, explore, see. So they took those of us who were easier to work with, I suppose, on a certain way because the telepathic communication was so much easier than it was for those who had already learned to shut down or were told it was stupid stuff, you know, things like that. So. I was just one of many. Do you remember other kids around you? Mm. Not really. I know that there were more just because I know that. Um, but there was more. I don't know. They, they felt like they gave you one-on-one attention, mm-hmm. which I think is something that a lot of children don't get or didn't get or anything like that. So there was a lot of just one-on-one, but the... There was so much, I don't know, the, the physical stuff that people talk about, I really didn't have a sense of that. You mean abuse? Uh, yeah, yeah. There was. I was not f- abused by them, uh, and I would never claim to be. Yes, they did things that could have been uncomfortable. Like? Uh, well, like putting metal plates like between your legs. Well, I don't know what those metal plates were doing. I know they could be uncomfortable because there was pressure, but they weren't going inside me. Um, you know, and they just said, if you relax, it'll help. And I I would say, it's pressing too hard. Well, they they back up. You know, it was things like that. And then I have an unusual shelf underneath my breast now that's, I don't know what it consists of or whatever, but... My breasts developed very early as a girl. I remember being in the tub, uh, maybe when I was 13, and my mother coming in the bathroom going, what is wrong with your breasts? And I said, what do you mean what's wrong with them? She goes, 
they shouldn't be that firm. I'm taking you to the doctor. Well, that's just the way mine were made, and they developed early. Um, and then after I'd had breast cancer, and um, I was one of the fortunate ones, got to keep mine and, and have it taken out, and that's been, good Lord, 17 years ago, I guess now. Um, I started noticing, because I had to go to the doctor so much after that, I still go every year to the oncologist and... You know, it's a lifelong commitment, no matter, you know, even when you come out on the sunny side of it. Um, and through it all, I have discovered that I have this, like, shelf nice. underneath Is my... it an extra breastplate, or what? Well, it's it's almost, it's it's like on top of the ribs, but underneath, it's like, it's almost like a little, almost like a boning. Mm-hmm. You know how a bra yeah, has sure, the sure. underwires, but it's almost like a natural little boning or cartilage. Um, so that my breasts have stayed pretty perky even as many decades as I've been around, it's not painful. It can be um, with bra pressure, that sort of Has thing. Has the doctor ever said, what is that? Or just like, that's just you? and That's, that's just you. Yeah. Uh, you know, something new. Yeah. You know, doctors, um, the ones that I've had for that particular area of my body, um, have all just been very accepting. I'm sure they've seen so much mm-hmm. in their time, in their careers. That's kind of like, it's not hurting her. It doesn't need to be have anything done about it, yeah. so it's Lady just B. how she's put together. Do you, just leave now it. Now you bring it up, so do you think it has something to do with something? Oh, the reason I bring it up, my apologies. Um, a few years back, I had one of my visits with them, and I remember laying there saying, "What am I here for?" I said, and were you in another place? Not yes, home? I was. I was like on an examining table. Um, everything was just very. So your body goes with you, essentially, as your consciousness. In in this yes okay yeah and it was one of those things where it was it was I wasn't expecting it um, at all I mean you never really expect it sometimes you sort of get a feeling that it's getting to be close to time um, because it's it's a rather sporadic it's not like every June first we're gonna come take you and you're gonna pop up with us but I'm sorry your insurance doesn't cover that ma'am yeah to come yeah, in two oh, years. yeah can't can't see <laughs> but I remember it's sort of like I remember opening my eyes and thinking what am I doing here. And there was two of them, and they said, we just we want to check and make sure everything's okay with your breasts. And I said, oh, okay. You know, I'm at this point that so many people handled them, whatever. And they checked that ridge. They didn't check the actual boobs. It was checking the ridge. And they checked it and poked around a little bit. And I said, well, what do y'all think? I said, yeah, yeah, it's good, it's good. Did you ask them what it was for? No. And and they said, we just want to make sure it's it's... Now, why don't you ask what it's for? Because I think in the moment, the fact that it's kind of like your thought processes are not functioning as they might otherwise. Mm -hmm. Um, I've thought about that. I've wondered, why don't you ask them why they put it there? But to me, it's almost like I already knew they put Mm -hmm. it there because it's a way of keeping them uplifted a little bit longer. Um, It's more of a protective mechanism um, maybe to keep you from getting a recurring cancer? Or? Very well could be. My cancer was up high. Mm. It was, you know, it was, see the scar just right there. Mm. So it was very high, my cancer was. So um, it was also, according to my doctors, I, I didn't realize there were types of, of breast cancer. I knew there were types of cancer, but also types of breast cancer. The kind I had was only 1% to 2% of any breast cancer that it's ever been found so it was very odd breast cancer to begin with um and you know it's sort of like 
they've done a few things here and there that have done nothing but help me. So were those beings that were checking on you the same beings that were talking with you and dealing with you when you were little? Do you remember if it's the same all the way through? Are these like an immortal species or are they just like... There's different ones for different things. Um, for example, the ones when I was little, they were much more of the, um, I don't know, children's experts, if that makes sense. How do you mean? Um, they only dealt with children. What do they look like? Um, they were, yeah, the ones I see are so much more humanistic than many. Um, ones I've encountered the most are, uh, I'm not sure for the word, there's labels for them. I don't know what they are. Taller, thinner, um, humanoids. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, the facial features are a little bit different, but they, and I don't know if that's something they do with my head to mm -hmm. where, uh, you know, mm -hmm. so that it didn't, didn't freak me out as a kid. They're just like tall, thin people, mm -hmm. um, as far as from a child's point of view goes. Mm -hmm. um, the ones that I was talking about that I saw within the last few years, um, they're darker. Um, I see sometimes they'll. I see some they'll be in my room, and I think they're more the uh, the little shorter what people might call grays or what have you, um, because they dash around a lot. They dash. But those who spend time with me, so to speak, that might appear in my doorway of my bedroom, um, checking on me or something. Like that, they're very tall. I mean, it's like their heads barely fit under the doorway. Um, if they do, and sometimes they have to bend over. So it's like they're long and lean, which I'm obviously not. So it, so you look like me. <laughs> yeah, more like you, but it's, uh, they're more like a... And, and people, oh, so they're not, some of them are blonde, some of them are dark-haired, some of them have no hair. I don't... I guess it's something I should have paid more attention to over time, but to me it was the experience that I was having more so than the physical the physicality of it and that's what i'm saying there's so much the spiritual component um to how they have helped me and um they've made sure that my memories came back in time um they didn't uh i was not prompted to share i i sort of made my own deal with them that uh not to rush me with too many memories and don't expect me to speak about it until my daughter was had reached adulthood um, because her life was more important. And they respected, it's, you know, it's, I don't should say we made deals, but there was a respect that had been built over time where it's like, we want you to be one of the ones who helps people understand that we're not all here to hurt you. But there are some, do you think, that are? Well, yeah. Because I mean, that yes. implies that yes. by, by someone saying we're not here to hurt you implies there are some that are. Well, and, that, and that's what we were talking about earlier. You know, in any set of they call it sentient beings, free-thinking individuals, no matter what shape or form they take, there are those who are motivated by greed, and there's those who are motivated more for helping others um, and understanding that we all grow together. So. And you think they're all functioning here now? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think, I think that they're here amongst us. Um, do you think they're passing as regular people? Oh yeah, oh, oh yeah. you do. Oh yeah. As an embodiment or as a uh, like they put on their suit that day, you know, and go out and about. What? How do you? I, I think that there's an ability to um, glimmer, glamour. What do they call it in witchcraft when you glamour someone? 
You make them see things the way you want them to see. Oh yeah, I know. I think I think it's a form that they because of their um, ability, um, genetic and and they're DNA, yeah, they're they're exactly perfect word the alchemist um, that they have adapted. Um, plus, you know, as we were talking about earlier, being a descendant of there's a lot of us who are a combination, um, and there's some who are much more aware that they are and some who have not yet been um, sort of switched on, mm. so to speak. But yeah, they, they are amongst us. Uh, there are the greedy ones amongst us as well. And I think that's where more and more people need to start trusting their own intuition since everyone has it. That gut feeling of something's not quite right here. Mm. Trust it. If something's not quite right, it's not quite right. Um, because the manipulation is not... Uh, it's not something that humans have the market on mm-hmm. as far as manipulation and, and control and things like that. So why this planet? We're, you know, out on this little arm in the middle of nowhere. Like, who cares it's not about... just this planet. That's right. the thing. But, it's, it's... but I understand that, but why this planet? <laughs> it seems it's, like it's we're not so... very old. We We mess up a lot. We certainly haven't quite made it past... The tribalism and the war and the, you know, treating each other pretty crappy. And that's part of it is because there's, and and plus our emotions. Uh, There are some places where emotions are not very well understood. Um, They know it's sort of like technically yes, but as far as experiencing, no. We're still a very emotional race. Um, Our emotions dictate so much. Um, You think about why did the pioneers go west? Why did people come from other countries and explore the United States? Discovery and adventure is just part of growth. So why not go to that younger planet where there's been some recent planting, so to speak, some recent uh, forms of energy that have have popped up and and help them along, see if we can't better ourselves, um, see if we can't help them not make some of the same mistakes we made mm-hmm. in our civilizations and others like oh man juicy we can go down here and and have some of the things that our planet lost thousands of years ago so the motivation possibilities are endless mm-hmm. um as i said the ones that i've personally encountered are more of the we don't want you to undergo some of the things that other places have we don't want you to have to experience and fuck up your planet as much as others already have. We want you to understand and respect each other yeah. and and not have the infighting. And We're not really figuring it out, are we? It's almost you know, two steps forward, three steps back. Yeah. Um, about the time I think I've seen growth and development in humankind and in the way people view one another, then somebody will pop up and just be a pig I don't know how else to put it just ignorance so why do you think they're being uh, so elusive about is it that they just don't want to freak people out or it seems it becomes more of a party joke you know and then and that's recognized because you know imagine say 15 years ago if suddenly we all woke up one day and these people who don't look like us or these beings I Heaven forbid I should insult anyone. These beings who don't look like what we're used to seeing every day are all over the place. Our instinct is defensive. 
right? Yeah, we're fearful. We're fearful, defensive. Oh my God, we got to get rid of them. That's why I love that movie Arrival, which I, oh, by yeah. the way, I sobbed through that. My friend and I oh, used yeah. to see that movie, and he's like, "Why are you crying?" I'm like, "Cause it's just <laughs> so real." It's really, it's it's really, <laughs> and I actually only recently learned that Close Encounters of the Third Kind, that that was actually based upon the true story of like Area Fifty One, Fifty Two one of those areas. You said Area 57 a minute ago, too. Is that another one? Did I? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought, I was like, oh, is there another one, too? There's several, though. Yeah. Yeah, there's several. And and supposedly they're connected by tunnels and and things like that. But that entire movie was based upon truth. I mean, obviously some names were changed and, you know, puckered up and buttered up and all that kind of stuff. But the contact through sound and symbolism. Oh, we send music out into the universe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Areas is finding ways to communicate that bypass the languages we have. So that's why there's, uh, you know, reaching back into the hieroglyphics in caves. Um, if you really look at some of those drawings and etchings, it doesn't matter what language you speak it in. Um, men there's with, men with wings and, yeah. <laughs> and sitting upon flying uh, magic carpets. And there's various things that if your mind had not been developed to the scientific understanding that we have today, how else are you going to convey it? Mm. Uh, so, yeah, there's, but, um, and then there's, there's stories about respected military people and those who are, you know, they had to be a certain psychological saneness in order to have the job they had anyway, um, seeing ships and getting close enough to them to see etchings on them or, or binary code and various things of that nature so finding that universal ability to communicate um, because some people simply won't some people are so afraid they won't allow telepathic communication they block it um, or they refuse to acknowledge it what have you so there's other ways of communicating so that development I'm not sure if people would be more pissed off at their governments for hiding things from them, which it's not just in America. Um, you know, we think we're so special here. We're not the only country that's had the experiences who, sure. whose higher-ups have had in, in open encounters, uh, secret encounters, what have you. Mm-hmm. But citizens would be torn between those lying SOBs, they've hidden all this from us for years, and oh my God, they've come to take us over and kill us. We're losing our freedom altogether. We're going to be like the slaves of old. It just all that junk that we've been conditioned through our religion, through our press, through various, various yeah. methods, through mm-hmm. everything, through our own families. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, credit where credit's due. Mm-hmm. Um, that it, I just hope that I'm around to see it. I, I used to joke with my daughter, and she knows that part of, our, part of my joking is not joking. Um, like if the magic bus shows up, baby girl, get on it. Cause if I'm not there, I'm getting on at a close by stop. So in other words, it, and that's one of the beauties about, um, a lot of the younger people who are in their teens and twenties now, they have been in touch with their intuitive side and their open-mindedness all their lives. So to even think that someone wants to go have a serious talk about this, there's kind of like, okay, whatever. Because there's like, okay, yeah, I watched this show, and this happens, and yeah, older people come to me for advice, and I spew out things I have no idea, no knowledge about, but seems to be what they need to hear. You know, they're so much more open because they've been allowed to be more open mm-hmm. um, by 
those of us who had them after we were a little more open ourselves, uh, that the beauty of that, of seeing them so willing to accept, but yet there's still that taint uh, that you can't escape just by being here. So I just hope that, you know, the time comes, I mean, I believe I'll see it one way or another. I'd like to physically experience it um, where the openness can truly be that way and you don't have to worry. If I were to sit here and say, Susan, I'm going to tell you something. I'm only 25% human. I'm 75% alien. If I were to tell you that as a statement of fact, who's going to show up at my door? It's not going to be somebody wanting to talk about it. It's going to be somebody wanting to put me somewhere or to mess you know what I'm saying so even at that level people can't accept it Mm -hmm. so why would anyone say yeah I just you know this is the look I got Mm -hmm. and not what I'm used to but hey it's all right in the beginning of this podcast the first year right I'm trying to remember what episode it was I want to I want to say it was somewhere in the early 20 uh, episodes I interviewed William Puckett, who's a UFO researcher. So he's a retired meteorologist. Oh, wow. And now he takes all that knowledge that he had as a meteorologist and he tries to prove or disprove. And uh, the reports he gets are, you know, from all over the world. Wow. And he was a really fascinating guy to talk to. He had uh, some experiences with the men in black, he said. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. He himself had never uh, experienced uh, an alien. But, um, or, you know, extraterrestrial or whatever. And, uh, but one thing that I found when I was researching after I spoke with him, uh, so many astronauts and pilots have experienced uh, uh, crafts, mm-hmm. aircrafts. And I found that extraordinary. And the fact that many of them talk, the astronauts especially, talked about how when they would come back from missions they'd be shuffled off to buffalo before any news could ask them debrief debrief yeah the debrief thing mm-hmm. and i was with my friends last night andy and ren shout out and <laughs> we went to dinner and uh we were talking on the way home about you coming over for the interview and we started talking and i and i mentioned the fact that i had done that research and i have not seen this but they said to go back to the the tv conference the news conference after the first moon landing and they said watch their expressions think about if you've been on the moon and you come down and you know how excited you would be and these guys look really depressed and bummed out I said well, I haven't I don't if I've oh, seen yes, it I'm yes. sure I've seen it but I just don't remember it to go back and watch it and and Ren my friend said you know how would you feel if you had encountered something really extraordinary and you weren't allowed to talk about it because the powers of be put the big you know no no well, that I and that was pretty. and if you and if you do because I'll I, find that video and I'll post do, it on Hey Human yeah, Podcast. Do because I've also recently seen that, mm. and they're looking in every other direction. They're, the body language, little and as well as their demeanor, it's as though now. I'm sure if it was questioned at the time, it would be, oh, they're tired. They're still readjusting to the climate here and the lack of gravity that they're blah, blah, blah. I'm sure there's all kinds of explanations. As far as I'm concerned, they probably had to drug those guys to get them to be so flat and brainwash them. God knows what they did to the poor astronauts um, as far as not only instructing them and threatening their families or what have you. 
I, 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 it bothers me to think about what was probably said to them. The return from such an astronomical event. No pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> and interestingly enough, the only one that ever occurred um, as far as landing on the moon. and so With, with, a, with people. Yeah. As, yeah. As far as actually man, mankind which up, putting you know, foot. Which brings of... another question of the realism of it. Um, but then you look at other astronauts. Do you think we landed on the moon? I was a young girl, and all I remember about that event at the time it occurred was my entire family, all six of us, gathering in my parents' bedroom and laying and sitting on the bed and the floor to watch them walk. Now, it was a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all I actually remember. Over the, over the years since then, when stuff has come up, I've questioned it. I actually watched. There's a show where there's they, a lot where they, where yeah. they, they do a, a show about. Uh, they try to break. You know, can we? Oh, what is? You know what show I'm talking about? Where MythBusters, mm-hmm. where they try to re, uh, Enact. reenact anything using today's modern technology, let alone what was in existence at the time. They talk about certain shadows in the filmage and stuff like that. Depends on where your mind is at the time. As There's to, all sorts of questions, radiation and uh, and supposedly the plans were lost. That you know, there's like all these weird sort of things, and and you know, I mean, I don't have any reason to believe it didn't happen, uh, but I am surprised how many people I know who are convinced it didn't. Well, and and I can understand that position because if it did, why did it only happen once? It's very well, expensive. It's the life. I mean, there's a. I mean, yes, there's, but you considering, can come up with, yeah, you considering can, how much technology has changed, that was what the sixties, yeah. sixty nine, somewhere yeah. around there. So that was a long time ago. So it wouldn't cost as much now. It wouldn't take as much time now. Um, but we also now have uh, people who have given stories about the dark side of the moon. It's not just a Pink Floyd song. A very um, good song. It's wonderful, aren't they? They're like, I yeah. wonder where they're from. But <laughs> you know that there are bases on the dark side of the moon and that the United States and other countries are a large part of that and people are taken to that dark side of the moon um, there's underground st- all kinds of interesting I've heard stories so many things from some pretty rip- I mean there are things that I believe that people tell me where I have no reason to disbelieve what they're saying these people are very honest and true and and some of these stories are coming from people who would know yes who because of their position and their access to information I was on the plane uh, coming back from somewhere California maybe and I was sitting next to a woman who said she was from the defense she had been at the defense department for many many she was retired retired military her husband was sitting across from her in the aisle from her and we got to, to talking, and I made, and I was curious because you know anyone can tell you they're from anywhere, especially oh, yeah. on a plane. But I've read a lot, and so I, I kind of dropped some things into the conversation, and her responses were exactly what it should have been had she been from the Defense Department. And at one point, I sort of flippantly said, "Oh well, you know what happens when the aliens, you know, come and and try and overtake the planet." And I, you know, but her response was what was intriguing. She said. Oh, no, no, no. We're fully prepared for that. And she, you know, I was like, she, she wasn't drinking. or mm-hmm. But she was, she didn't really go into detail, but she's... And then here we are at Space Force, you know, Trump is talking about Space Force. I'm like, all this stuff is so weird to me. 
you know, well, and, and my neighbor, if you guys can hear that, my neighbor's mowing the lawn, so. Well, and, and speaking of, of Trump and, and some of the and I, I'm not, I guess I'm somewhat embarrassed to say it, but I've not kept up with him, um, personal reasons, uh, but I have found from watching this new show about the Tesla files that it was President Trump's uncle who was assigned by the government as soon as Tesla died to go through all his paperwork and see what there was. And oh my gosh, within two days, he supposedly went through these tons and tons and years and years of work and said, oh, there's nothing there. <laughs> who For rem- Tesla? Yeah. Who huh. remained, you know, and, and Trump's uncle was with the Department of Defense, what have you, remained employed by the, but yeah, it took him only two days to determine that Tesla was full of crap. Um, nothing in that in his research, nothing in his paperwork whatsoever that warranted any further review whatsoever. And then here we are, several years later, with his dear sweet nephew. It's almost as though you have to want. I've never been one to believe in government conspiracies. Oh, I uh, have. I guess there are but the only the conspiracies learn, until they're proven to be true, and then well, people are like, oh, wait. Yeah, and the more <laughs> I learn, the more I think, well, at certain levels, the word conspiracy might have a bad name for it, um, and that I do know that our government keeps things from us. Of course um, And so why wouldn't, and I mean, honest to God, regardless of which side of the fence you come down on, who would have thought that Donald Trump 15 years ago would be the president of the United States today? Not me. Certainly not me. Although the way that, the, you know, whoever's writing the script of our lives, you know, they certainly have their uh, sense of drama, sense of comedy. You know, there's a, there's a sense of distraction. We, a sense of distraction. We've jumped the shark so many times. I don't yeah, even, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, we go from it's one end to another and... People distraction every day. is a good word. Distraction is, is uh, there's a lot of distraction. And I believe that's one of the reasons that I, A, don't watch the nightly news. Plus, well, it's I don't care to get depressed. And I try to keep my energy at a fairly good, positive level because I can't do anything about it. The news is something that's Other already happened. I'm talking about even just the regular yeah. news. I hear enough about events through social media and things like that um, that I stay current enough on the things that are important. Mm. Um but yes, other than voting, everyone should because it, you know I've I've always been one of those proponents like if you don't vote, don't bitch. I believe that you know. That. So at least yes, one person can make a difference. We saw that how many elections ago with the every whole, election I the whole the whole dippy thing in Florida that happened mm-hmm. where the popular vote and the electoral vote yeah. and the chits and the yeah. you know the chads at yeah. least is it chats I can't remember chads. yeah chads um chits and chats <laughs> chit chat um but. There's so many things that, you know, don't complain if you're not doing your part. Um, and the sum of the whole does matter. I agree. So, um, but, but as I say, though, I just find it ironically interesting that our president had an uncle who... That is interesting. I'm going to have to dig into that. was in such a, a position. There's not much out there. Mm. I, when I heard that, I started, you yeah. know, Google, Google, Google. Go, Google, uh, go. There's not much to say about it that they didn't say on the actual Tesla Files show which I don't know if it got cut up. It just it just started um, this calendar year. Uh, the seasons now are so wacky. I can't summer season, fall season, spring yeah, season. Yeah. But it's a and it was a new series this calendar year, um, and it's one of the it's a southern speaking gentleman who's now on the current Ancient Aliens shows okay. as well, who's heading it up. But he and his team, researchers, writers, scientists, all kinds, going to all places that they can find because there's apparently 
20 trunks of missing information of Tesla's that is unaccounted for still to this day after his passing. And that came up on one of their shows about Bo, and they sort of casually... You gotta wonder about Elon Musk where he's keeping off. You know, you, you gotta wonder Speaking about Speaking of somebody that seems part alien, yeah, I would say Elon Musk is at least seventy-five percent. That's funny. That's funny. But so yeah, I do mean, you, you, think, know, you gotta wonder. So here you are on my show. Mm-hmm. I've got whatever you know, forty-seven thousand people listening. Yeah, I probably didn't need to hear that. Well, <laughs> that's a lot say, of people. But I'm saying it's you know, that's good. Though. You know what? What does that mean then for the the beings that you, you say are, are visiting you and are talking to you? And who, you know, sort of want to keep a low profile, but if they want to keep a low profile, they're really shit at it because everybody is always talking about aliens. So what does that mean? What? what will it, I wake up in it, the morning and this episode is going to be missing from my... Uh, you, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> I hope not. I hope um, not, too. I made sure and obtained permission before I ever went on the uh, program where you and I met afterwards. Um, I don't know how else to put it other than obtained permission because... I respect the help and assistance they've given me. Mm-hmm. Um, they, I am a fully functioning individual member of society. Uh, I, I work every day. You know, I mean, it's there's nothing. I'm not a whack job. So at least in my opinion, I'm not. Um, yes, my thought processes might be a bit different than others, but that's part of us all. We all have different ways of thinking and different views of things. So I'm more here to hopefully present from a sane point of view that it's not don't assume that just because someone is not born on this planet that there's something wrong with that that there's good everywhere we certainly don't have the corner market on positive and negative here on earth so why view they too many people have such a fear and negative position that more people need to learn about the positive well let's talk about your brother for a second is he being uh, visited by different beings if his experiences are negative or is he just not you know is he getting something pressed against him and it's not intrusive per se but it's annoying or scary or he he's he's made different choices in his life than I have. Um, there were things about my parents' um, addictions that my parents had that, if uh, it is it is well known now that if you have two alcoholic parents or drug addicted parents, you have a hundred percent chance of getting that way yourself if you're not careful. Um, my brother, unfortunately felt that if he didn't drink that he could do other things and he wouldn't have issues so he thought hey if i don't drink i smoke a little weed take a few pills back in the day if two to few lines it's not gonna get me well by the time he realized it gotten him he was hooked he was messed up um he has had a constant lifelong battle with self-medication um, See, now, if I was a species from somewhere else, I'd be fascinated by that. Well, well certainly. Because certainly, certainly our species is fascinated by that. There's mm-hmm. millions and billions of dollars being poured into research about addiction. Well, yeah, yeah. And that was one of the, one of my reasons for majoring in psychology. Oh, honey, I took all the um, 
the courses on is it a learned behavior is there a genetic disposition and in, in, in the time they were starting to finally understand and call it a disease um, and that yes there's genetic differences in those who whose families um, have a tendency for that um, so you know he unfortunately made some choices in his life that there are times when I'm not sure what's coming who, out of him who's being or, drawn to him or? well who's being drawn to him or where the reality is anymore ah, I if, see. And, I, and like I said I, I don't I mean that in the bad I love, I love no, him I with all my saying. heart yeah. but he's been messed up for a long time sure and every time he thinks he's hit a, a good place um it just he just he just can't he's he's not good with dealing with stuff stuff period yeah period so the whole cliche of the anal probe I'm gonna go there because I mean all that stuff you know and uh, people who claim that look there's there's no uh, evidence in the real modern day world that proves these these beings exist right that there's there's no tangible thing where people can point and go, aha, there's a lot of people saying, oh, I saw this thing, I've got video. And then people say, oh, it's a weather balloon. It's debunked. Or, yeah, yeah. or whatever. So so that's interesting, too. You know, people say, oh, I got implanted with something, and it's making me get cable for you, free. Oh, yeah, Wouldn't you know, you know there's, a, there's a man out there whose specialty is to remove implants from people. I've, I, I watched a thing about that. Yeah, um, so, hey. But who's to know? Who's I to know? know. I, you know. And I, trust me, I drove across country a few months ago, and all the way through California and through uh, Nevada and Arizona and uh, New Mexico, as I was driving through, I was like, please, abduct me. Please, I am a willing participant in your whatever. I want to see it with my own eyes. Of course, nothing happened, and I was really bummed out. Yeah, honestly, Susan, I have asked them to show up at my doorstep. I've said, you know, enough. I'd pack a bag. I'd be like, let's go. Yeah, we're going. I, I said, look, folks, I said, enough of this coming in the dark of the night. Yeah. Um, waiting till my mind is, till I'm asleep and my mind is an open magazine for you to paint your own pictures yeah. and stories in. Um, so that people question um, what I what and maybe I maybe there's a method to that madness. There, well, the method is is you're more open and no, I mean you know, by doing well, it in the dark of night, it keeps it well, on the down low, and so the, people certainly. can say, "Oh, that's not real." Yeah, well, right. yeah, and so people will question what the, the, they themselves the have fidelity, experienced, yeah. um, their own reality, where others will question what they if they then adjust, say it did happen. I know it did. And then other people go, "Yes, sweetheart, you have a very vivid dream life." Yes. You know, so. There's a method to this madness, as you say. Um, but, yeah, I have said, look, guys, girls, come to the door. Now, don't just pop in and give me a heart attack. I know you can fix it, but I don't want the pain. So, if you could, just show up. You are welcome here any day, actually any night. Just, you know, just let's have... Like the, a one-on-one. Or yeah, let's, like you and I are sitting here. Sure. Let's sit down and talk. Yeah. Here's the twist. 
I am. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I pull off my hat. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, some bitch, about time. Wow. <laughs> oh, look at that. Look at that. Oh, it's <laughs> such a great plot twist. Right yeah. There. Would it be? Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. I'm here. To, so I, this is my experiences. Uh, first of all, I've had all sorts of weird and wacky things throughout my life that are inexplicable to what somebody would consider normal. They would have to be for you to be as open-minded and curious as you are. Yeah. And uh, about all things, not mm-hmm. just the, the realm well, yeah. of who knows but the realm of we do know um but i dated this guy jess i won't say his last name i'm convinced that if there are beings uh which again in my belief system yes but i'm just i'm open to whatever sure. <clears throat> uh i'm convinced that they were a part of something because when i i lived with jess and josh together so much inexplicable things happened that seemed centered around them that it was it got to a point where it's undeniable and what's crazy is that they themselves have no memory of anything but i would wake up and try my hardest to wake jess up and he was dead to the world he would not i would wake up and see things in the room and be shaking him and then suddenly fall asleep again out of out of nowhere but i actually had an experience when uh we went to go visit his family in wisconsin and it was winter time and uh, his parents had us in one of the rooms downstairs, and it, it was kind of under the house. There was like a window that was sort of on the... That side. house I grew up in is that way. Was sort of this, this, yeah. The, the with, part of it's underground, and some of it's yeah, not. So yeah, so the window kind area. of goes out, and of mm-hmm. course it was Wisconsin, there was snow everywhere, so it was Ugh. quite bright inside this room at night, that nice snowy bright. Mm, yeah, from the moon and everything. So we went to sleep. I was on the left side of the bed, he was on the right side of the bed, and uh, I woke up at one point and open, and I just knew I was like okay I'm going to open my eyes and there is somebody in this room I know it with every ounce of my being it, as if somebody had broken in I didn't know what to expect but I had a funny feeling even before I opened my eyes that I wasn't going to like it but I opened my eyes and I was wide awake I opened my eyes and at the foot of the bed there was this thing it was humanoid in, in nature and I'm I know this sounds crazy, and people listening, believe me or don't believe me, I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. But this is what I saw. There was this being, it was uh, very, very, very tall, and it was white, uh, luminous, Mm -hmm. Yeah, Uh, that's a good word. Yeah, luminous, luminous and uh, wearing white. And I was staring, it was taking up the whole room. I mean, it was so tall, and I looked at it, and I was like, uh, oh my God. And then I I just had this feeling, and I turned my head to the left, and right next to the bed, looking right at me, was this little... The shorter, darker one? Yes! There you go. And what's crazy is, in my brain, I was assessing the situation, and in my heart of hearts, I knew that the little one was under the control of the long one. That mm-hmm. it was sort of doing its... Sort of sort of like the director. The director. And that was the or, worker. Or, yeah, the worker so bee, yeah. and that was like the commander-in-chief mm-hmm. yeah. or something. yeah. Then my brain went to holy shit. Yeah. Rolled over. <laughs> then, then you realized. To Jess, yeah. Who is out cold? Cold. I am like, Jess, 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 wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. And I am wide awake at this point. You'd have to be shaking him. And I mean, I was point, wide yeah. awake and it was clear that I was. And then suddenly I was just, I just stopped. He wouldn't wake up, first of all. I, 
stop and I'm asleep. You know, like that's the last thing I remember. So I must have just passed out again. Well, and, and think about they how didn't feel. It didn't feel like they were there for me, though. I don't know. But, see how quickly that could happen, though. But they knew you were there. I knew they were there. They knew I yeah. was there. And the, and the thing was, I it was think so is when you started freaking out is when they decided they better put you back to sleep. So, in a sense, they were there for you. They weren't there to take. See, and that's where a lot of people well, who get knows? confused. I don't, I don't know. I mean, they, I don't they, remember what yeah, happens next. They but. don't. They don't always take away. They don't always take you somewhere. But that was one of several things that happened around those boys mm-hmm. that were that is inexplicable to me. Well, it, it, clearly they're one of us who have the lifelong Stop. journey and the lifelong experience, um, and they may or may not ever realize it. But, see, that's one of the cool things about you is because you didn't feel they were there for you, so to speak. It didn't feel like it. That, that your conscious awareness of it was yeah. so clear. Yeah. Because you didn't feel the threat. I didn't. You, I, you didn't I, like the presence. You didn't like the fact he wouldn't wake up. Yeah. That, that's when you got uncomfortable. Yeah. But the fact of them existing was not an issue with you. No, I didn't care. Yeah, that's I mean, I did because it well, was unnerving to wake up to that. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, but here's the thing is when I tell been people been... about that, there's not ever been a person that I have told that to where they didn't believe me. And I think because it is true, sure, it's certainly true to me, that the truth of it comes out. Well, you know what I mean? but you know, it also compares what I was telling you about those super tall ones. Mm-hmm. But then at night, sometimes there's a short one at the foot of my bed that runs yeah. across. And what's... When Standing you, in the doorway, yeah. tall and thin. And, and you had talked about that when you were on that panel. And what's funny is that I told my best friend Ellen the story. In fact, I was telling people about that particular story I mm-hmm. experienced before you guys even talked. And then when you started talking, I remember my other friend Lexi turned to me and she's like, Oh my God, that's exactly what you said. Yeah, because yeah. Like, oh, no, yeah, I, always, I had always wondered, I thought... Well, I see the tall ones and the short ones, but so many people... I think they're together. You hear about, oh, there's this one race that's all tall. Nordic, is that a word? Should, that finally popped in my head. Sure. I think there's some that they refer to as Nordic because they're tall and thin, white, something like that, and white, very white. Um, and then the grays, they always say the short ones. Well, if these are different species, then in my mind, I had I always had problems saying, why, or both, why do I see them both? Right. Um, I have seen... Um, years before I ever heard about reptilians, mm-hmm. I had very uh, lucid dreams of uh, a man I was dating at the time, being somewhere with him and watching him morph into a reptile. Um, and it was about the time I was starting to question him as a potential lover, lover, person. partner, yeah. anything to be long in my life, his motivations I was questioning. Um, now, so was that a psychological thing? Was that insight into something? Doesn't matter. Don't know. All I know is it confirmed for me that my suspicions of his motivation towards me was not pure. Um, so, but you always hear them being separate, mm-hmm. not as working in, in together. I really felt like they were together. Yeah, and like I always have too, together. but that's why I would question. I was thought, well, maybe I'm not seeing what I'm seeing, but my eyes... Like you're saying, wide open. Mm-hmm. Just uh, I was wide awake. This is Saturday, so it had to have been mm, Tuesday or Wednesday night. I do keep a dream journal because, uh, or I should say, a night journal because some things happen when I'm wide awake. But the dreams within dreams type things, and 
especially when I have dreams within dreams and if it involves me feeling the sense of my body being pulled up and moving around, uh, there's a difference in whether I'm floating and directing myself or I'm not. Um, and you think you wake up, but you're waking up in a dream, that dream within dream thing. Well, when I finally really woke up from this experience that I had, um, too detailed to get into, doesn't really matter to the idea of it, but when I finally really was awake, my eyes were wide open to the point I knew I was, but I also knew just to lay there and not like jump up and move, but open your eyes, open your eyes. Okay, your eyes are open. I looked around my room and I, there's always just enough light. I have night lights plugged in at different places throughout the house. Um, there's light from the outside that will come in, so just enough light. Everything in my room was, it was like filled with a, a vapor was the word that came to my mind. Things were distorted looking. I laid there in that same position and I, I made sure, I mean, I touched my face to make sure my eyes were open. My brain was working. I just lay here, lay here, lay here. And I was on my left side, on the left side of the bed, so that I could see into my bedroom doorway. And I watched, it just moved, just from where I could move my eyes around, I watched that vapor finally just fade away. I watched things, the shape of things sort of reform. The walls get their structure back, is the only way I can put it. And right when things were hitting, this is the way it's supposed to look. I saw that little person, little being, jut across from behind me, but the other side of the room, across the foot of my bed and out the door. And that's when I realized everything was physically, visually the way it should be. And that's when I sat up and I knew better than to just lay back down and go to sleep because oftentimes the experiences continue. Um, so that's when I got up and walked around literally up and down the stairs a little bit. I knew there was nothing I could find because um, I knew you know, there was no intruder, so to speak, that you'd call the police about. But I knew I had to get up and physically move around or that dream experience thing was going to continue the rest of the night because that's the way it works with me. But yeah, so you have, you know, the little fella. And there are other times I'll wake up in the night, like we were talking about the tall one, tall one there at the door, hey, and I mean, literally, I thought I heard a female say hi to me one time, and it was the tall, thin, glowing ones. And I it's wonder like when you hear your name in the middle, of your oh, yes. the, or you're just well, in the middle of nowhere, and somebody says your name, or when I get in the car, sometimes somebody says my name, and, like, and that and that's where I, I, that's where I developed my confusion between spirits and otherworldly beings because they're all otherworldly beings, so to speak, but those that um, have a physical presence and those that don't. Mm. Uh, because for in my life, there's such overlap and interplay, um, and that's how I finally learned several years back that the little group that's my soul family, I guess you would say, the ones that I stay connected to the most for my understanding to call on, um, they're a combination. And so once I was able to intellectually accept that, I realized that it doesn't make that much a difference for me as to where, whether they have a physical form or not, mm. um, because they've all been helpful to me mm. and they've worked together. And guess what? They would be happy to do that for other people, and they do do it for other people. Most of us who have had a more positive experience with those who are not born and raised here don't speak a lot about it uh, because it's not, it's not. Uh, 
It's not theatrical enough, I suppose. Uh, there's not enough, ooh, ah, oh my gosh, did they, did they anal probe you? Did they, you know, like that man not who was Not without dinner first. Like the man who, yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, we worked up to that. Um, not like the guy who was on that panel where yes. you saw when he was talking right. about what they did to him. And right. and I brought up the idea of soul contracts. Yeah. Um, that's and, an interesting and, other level to it. Yeah, and... and he, he's all, I'll see where it's written down. And that's when I said, well, let me put on my lawyer hat for you and tell you, you have a contract without it being written down. So, and, and they can also have open-ended clauses to them. And let's get onto the basics of what a contract is. Because in my mind, he clearly didn't understand what it was. He chose for it to be the, the he expected, I shouldn't say chose. He expected for it to be negative experience. He expected for it to be painful. And he expected anything he did to his body on earth could not be bypassed by those who have a lot more advanced techniques and knowledge than we do. So there's a certain disjoint, um, a dis, you know, a, a, a little things that didn't line up for me. Um, not, I'm not in any way saying his experiences did no, not occur. Like different. I'm just saying his ability to view them from mm-hmm. a broader perspective. Yeah. Um, for me, that's what's helped me. But like I said, going to his Facebook page, his he has a lot of darkness around him, and so it, it to me, if if this is a thing of like attracting like, and then the it would is then it the. Then I was not surprised. You're not surprised, yeah. And like yeah. I said, I've never really, I, I had heard his name before. Mm-hmm. Um, we had mutual acquaintances. Sure. Um, so I'd heard that his, what he referred to his home as, a, yeah. um, you know, for that experience yeah. and stuff like that. Um, but I'd never met him. But yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it makes sense. It's just like when you meet, you know, people. friends, people, yeah. and they, they tell you about all the chaos around their lives. And then it turns out that they too are actually quite chaotic. And so they're drawing these things to mm-hmm. them. You know, and I, then they don't understand why you don't want to spend more time with them. Right. I do think it, it is definitely about choices uh, people make. Deb, I could talk to you for hours I know, I upon need hours. To. And uh, I so appreciate you. Thank you. You're coming to talk and for your openness and your honesty. Uh, I really appreciate that. My it's pleasure. Been Thank so you. It's so fascinating. Yeah, I can sit here and talk to you all day. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> if people want to learn more about you, is, is there a place to reach out to you? Are you more sort of on the download? What's your. I don't have a website. Um, I do have Spirit of E um, as a Facebook page. I don't put much on there anymore than I put on my personal Facebook page. Spirit of E? Spirit of E, as in energy. Okay, e. got it, got it. Um, or everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, I don't, I am not an avid social media person just because I'm not. There's sure. no method to that. Yeah. Um, I just, Sometimes I put more effort into it. Other times I don't. But I thought of one thing before we mm-hmm, we, sure. we uh your daughter is she experiencing? I can't remember if I asked you that. Is she experiencing? She um. I know you don't want to speak for her. Probably I so I much, really don't. But... All I know is that when she was a little girl, um, she would not go to sleep without her closet door being closed. That's probably still true today. Interesting. Um, in my opinion, she um definitely has a very developed intuition without any effort being put into it got it um and again i mean we yeah, don't want to no, talk about no, it. Um, here but she she has gifts that I, that she's aware of mine but um i believe that she has not had um the same yeah, okay. um same ones that i have yeah. uh or maybe as with me they blessed her with a lack of memory yeah. um, i don't know um I, I tried to make sure they knew she was off limits so to speak 
um, that I should be enough and that is it's up to her. Yeah. Um, I've always felt that it was up to her as to um, whether she chooses to um, actively develop the gifts that she has or actively pursue anything else. Um, fortunately, the young gentleman that she's involved with is a very open-minded young man. That's good. Um, you know, they, they're both well aware of who I am um, inside and out. Um, they don't seem to think I need to be put away anywhere. Yeah. I find that but, the world is a lot more interesting if you're just open to possibilities. And that's, and that's the thing. And that's what I was saying earlier about the people in their teens and 20s and even early 30s now. The openness is just natural. Mm-hmm. Um, so, And that's why I said it's hard for me to speak for those who are in that, especially in the, the 20s age group, which is where my daughter falls, because everything's so natural for them that, you know, that's kind of like, why do you find this an interesting topic? Because, duh, there's aliens. We know that. I mean, it's just like, I don't know why everybody questions it. Yeah, the world would probably freak out if they just showed up and started being at the supermarket with you and they didn't look like you. But they all, you know, but the belief is just seems to be a given. Yeah. So I think the experience, therefore, is, is quite different as well. Yeah. Deb, thank you. Thank you so much. I've I loved, I've I've loved hanging this. out with you. Yeah. Um, thank you. Thank you. Uh, bye, thank everybody. You. Uh, I'll put it lots of links because uh, I feel that this episode especially warrants it. So uh, they'll be at heyhumanpodcast.com on the links page. Nanu. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Yes. Nanu, nanu. <laughs>